0: Listening to SBS on the Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. It is your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Tuesday, the 18th of April 2023. Later, the Reserve Bank paused interest rate rises in April, but for how long? But first, let's talk about rents and the way you apply for a rental agreement has changed over the years with the use of third-party apps instead of paperwork. So what are the concerns? Raina Bosch spoke with Choices Kate Bauer for more.
1: We use the term rent tech to refer to the various digital platforms that are run as third parties distinct from agents. That might be to apply for a rental, it might be to pay your rent or sometimes also to maintain the rental. So to liaise with your property uh, manager, you might request a maintenance request or you might um, issue uh, some kind of problem with your agent. And what kind of data are they collecting? So what we found in our report is that these platforms are requesting much more information than what's commonly collected in a traditional paper application. Uh, So, for example, it's not just your standard things of like, can you service the rent? So do you have a job and and what's your income? But people's full employment history, asking for employer checks where um, employers have been asked whether or not that person is punctual or reliable, um, how they behave behave at work, information um, about people's family status, their marriage certificates, um, the number of pets, the age of the pets, the names of the pets, how many children that they have. Um, So really quite a large and extensive list of information. And that's in addition to a large number of identity documents that they're also being um, asked to upload into the platforms. And what kind of protections, if any, are available to keep this consumer data safe? Uh, so currently, most um, renters are protected to some extent by various state tenancy acts. Um, but what we're seeing is that there's a bit of a gap in the protections in terms of the Federal Privacy Act. Um, so what we'd like to see is some stronger protections that limit the kinds of information that businesses are able to collect, and more importantly, how they're able to use that information. One of the problems for renters um, in this sector is that they're incentivized or sometimes pressured to hand over this information, but then they don't really have any control over how it's used once they've uploaded it to the platform. Now, today's release also talks about some additional fees that could be incurred by renters when using these apps. Can you talk us through what those are and how they apply? Yeah, so we found that renters were being um, forced to pay for all sorts of parts of the rental journey. Some people were being asked to pay fees on top of their rental payment, so to pay a monthly transaction fee just in order to pay their rent. Sometimes they were being charged excessive late fees, sometimes in excess of $15 uh, for errors that were either part of the platform or an error of the agent and not the fault of the tenant, um, and those fees can really add up. Some tenants' advocates have told us of people who would got into financial financial difficulty, including owing up to a week's rent in late payment fees. Um, We also have found that a a quarter of the renters in our survey um, have paid for a tenancy check. So these rental platforms um, Recommend or incentivize people to pay for these verification or tenancy checks. But these is in fact data that the agents and the platforms can access for free. Um, so we think this is a blatant money grab. So Kate, can you just expand further
0: on the relationship between the app and the agent? How exactly are they using this technology?
1: is again one of the problems with the sector is that there's very little transparency about the relationship between the apps and the agents and how they're actually de- using this information to determine who's a suitable tenant. Um, So the information that renters get when they use the platforms is to upload as much information as possible um, and it's recommended to get one of these tenancy verification checks and that's they're told that this will put them to the front of the queue, this will help speed up their application. But in fact, we haven't seen any evidence that that is in fact the case. Um, and we also know that these rental platforms, some of them offer what's called a match score or a suitability score. Um, and then that is potentially being used by the agents to determine who the best tenants are, but again, this is not a process that the tenants actually have any um, transparency over. They don't know if that information is correct. They don't know how who gets to the top of the list. Um, and there's obvious potential there for discrimination and bias. And renters are left with little choice um, or any way to question those unfair decisions. So, can tenants then opt against using these rental applications or is that going to in some way negatively impact their application? So that's a a fear that many renters spoke to us about. We found in our survey that um, more than 40% of renters um, felt pressured to use these third-party platforms. We also spoke to a number of people in regional towns who really had difficulty finding a rental if not being able to use one of these third-party apps. So, so we find that this is an area where renters, in fact have little choice and they're quite fearful in this very difficult rental crisis um, that they won't be able to find a place to live. So they're incentivized to comply with the request to hand over more information than what they're comfortable with. So we've got a larger migrant population flooding in from overseas now that the borders are open, an elderly population who may also be seeking rentals. Is this going to negatively impact them in terms of wrapping their head around the technology? Yeah, so I think that is another one of the concerns is the potential exclusion from these types of technologies. Um, not everybody is able to access the technologies. And again, um, some people will be um, more au fait with using um, rental um, platforms and using digital platforms and, and online forms. We did in fact find in our report that younger renters reported being pressured to use the apps more frequently and more more frequently given a match score um, through the apps rather than others. So we don't know whether that's they're being used more for people who are coming into the rental market um, or whether or not that older people are just unable to access them at all and are potentially being cut out from housing opportunities because of that.
0: That is Raina Bosch there speaking with Kate Bauer from Choice. Let's go now to the Reserve Bank, which has released its April board meeting minutes. It left the door open to future interest rate rises, but Deloitte Access Economics is worried about the previous 10 increases. For more, I spoke earlier with Stephen Smith from Deloitte.
2: Uh, We're very concerned about Australia's economic outlook in 2023, uh, and most of that concern is centred around Australia's households. So rising interest rates is is one reason why, uh, but we've also had uh, a rental squeeze, negative real wage growth, broader cost of living pressures. So we see uh, consumer spending going backwards in 2023, and that means uh, a difficult time for the Australian economy.
0: You say that the past two rate rises were a mistake, but is that with the benefit of hindsight.
2: Absolutely. It's very difficult to, uh, you know, use monetary policy, a very blunt instrument to, um, you know, navigate through a, a period like this. Uh, you know, in our view, uh, the last couple of rate hikes, not necessary in terms of um, being able to, to bring inflation back down. Uh, and so, you know, some extra pressure being put on to Australian households there. Um, but it, it certainly is a, you know, a close run thing and, and difficult. You know, the RBA has a difficult job.
0: Still, in the Reserve Bank's board minutes released today, it did say it considered a rate rise in April. Of course, it left interest rates on hold, but sees the case for another rate rise in the next uh, potential few meetings. Uh, What do you say to that?
2: Look, certainly there is the potential. We do think interest rates uh, have peaked and, and should have peaked a little while ago. Uh, inflation certainly has peaked in the December quarter and is com- now coming down, but it won't come down quickly, and we do expect a little bit of variability as inflation returns back down to the 2 to 3% target band. Um, that means that there is a chance that the RBA will, will respond further, um, but we don't think that's needed, and we don't think Australian households uh, can, can bear too much more from, uh, from the RBA.
0: Stephen Smith there, partner at Deloitte Access Economics. Very quick check on the uh, share market today. Not a lot of action over the past couple of sessions. Today, the ASX 200 down a third of a percent, 7,360. That's even as China's GDP rose by 4.5%. That's better than expected in the March quarter over the year. And that's thanks to increasing retail sales and property sales. And it comes as its economy reopened following the end of its COVID zero policies.